right, Gloucester, I'm back, you're back, we're all back, the rain is back, the windmills are spinning, and it must be July in Gloucester. Yeah, we're finally free of that 100 degree heat wave, and I'm here with my favorite person in Gloucester, my engineer Jim Capillo, and my second favorite person, Jay DePrima. (laughs) Welcome, Jay. Thank you, Gorda. For those that don't know Jay, Jay is as Gloucester as it gets. And we're going to talk about a bunch of his crazy activities. Um, But first of all, when did you come to Gloucester? I came to Gloucester uh, actually back in 1978 as... Oh, a carpet bagger, right? Yes, exactly, from Central Mass. Uh Um, But I went to Gordon College for a couple years up here, so I lived in Gloucester while attending college. So. I appreciate you going to my college. <laughs> they paid me a million dollars a year to license my name in wow, that college. I don't know if you knew that sweet. or not. Yeah. No. Gordon's Gin, they pay another mill. And, uh, <laughs> so that's how I can afford to basically buy the equipment in this station. To you got have, the right name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so what brought you to Gloucester, going to Gordon? Well, then I met uh, my future wife there, Leslie Seraphine. So she grew up here in Gloucester. Okay. The family's been here. Yeah for a century. Yeah, that's true, because when you say, you go, hi, Gordon, and she goes, hey, Gordo! You know, so I know she's from Gloucester. <laughs> she speaks much better than Gloucester. Oh, totally. Oh, I'm kidding. And uh, you guys are some couple, because she's a real achiever, and so are you. So okay. let's talk about that for a section. Um, so you actually moved in 78, was your... Well, initially, but we didn't, I didn't come back here till after I was married with her many okay. years, So, and we had a child, so we moved back to Gloucester uh, in 1998. Oh, so nice. Here and then. did you buy that house on Trask we Street did. right we did. away? Yeah. Trask Street, which <laughs> is off Warner Street. It's a very untraveled street. has one of the most iconic views. Yes. I was leaving Jay's house because we're rehearsing a play together that we'll talk about. And when I look down your road and the way the, the field there, is that Mados Field? Yeah. Uh, you're looking at Burnham's. Burnham's, Burnham. sorry, yeah. I had him backwards. Yeah. And you look across there to the uh, City Hall, yes. the way it's hit out there, and then there's the harbor in the background. It's like, wow, this is one of these pleasures of Gloucester that you sort of have to be in the right, you have to be pointing down the hill for one thing. Yeah, you can't be a, coming up. It's a peekable. We're up in, we, our bedroom's up in the top floor, so oh. we have skylights and I can see the three steeples and the yeah. spire from the Can you see the breakwater too, I would think? Or somewhere. Vaguely. Yeah. I see, yeah, I see a, a, a swath heading mm-hmm. toward that. So. How did you get in the education business? I've been uh, teaching and working as in theater and education for many years mm-hmm. since, well, when I graduated from Gordon, I got certified in social studies okay. and history and okay. English. So I got uh, ended up starting to teach out in Central Mass. And then I ran into a, a theater person uh, right in Lunenburg. He had oh. taken uh, residence as a touring educational company in my hometown. I'm like, who is this group? I saw a banner for the night Thoreau spent in jail, and I'm like, I'm interested in these guys. <laughs> so I went in, <clears throat> talked to the director, David Simon, he's now passed. Um, he said, well, we take uh, historical characters on the road. We do adaptations of uh, literary, literary works, dramatizations of work for kids K through college, you know, and I'm like, this is incredible. 
So I was doing my student teaching at Lunenburg High in uh, Social Studies and History. Is Lunenburg right there on Route 2? It is. By Gardner, or a little further on from Gardner? Before Gardner. Before, Like okay. just after Concord. It's between okay, Concord and Gardner. Okay. So. And um, <clears throat> I was doing my student teaching, and I went uh, to see him after. I said, well, I can substitute teach in the spring for a mere $35 a day. I said, I'm willing to uh, join your company as an apprentice if you can pay me that uh, each day. And yeah. he said, certainly. Wow, great. You know? So that's, we took, uh, well, I had my kids studying uh, Freud at high school. <laughs> I had an 11th grade psychology well, wait, class. Wait, 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 wait. Weren't you trying to do your practice teaching that allows you to get a certificate? So I did that. That happened in the fall to the uh, winter. Oh, so you didn't give it up. No, you I just had to said, complete that. Right, okay. But then the spring, I was offered a long-term sub position, and I said, I, but I met David in the interim, and he said, I could pay you that. So, I like that. And we had uh, a contract with the Department of Youth Services, Title I, so we were getting paid to go into lock-up facilities for juveniles throughout the uh, wow. state. Wow, to use theater as? As a tool for a, teaching yeah. history and literature. Wow. Yeah, fabulous. it was excellent. And that also planted your love of historical characters Absolutely. as theater. Absolutely. And uh, oh, so hey. is that what you did? You toured with them and you would become yes, Ben Franklin? Yes, I mean, or? I was partly learning the, the skill of acting as a touring performer. Mm -hmm. I had done some in high school, a little bit in college, but I never really studied it. Um, so three years of touring with this company, I get to play, you know, Starkey Sawfoot, one of Captain Hook's pirates, <laughs> Bob Cratchit. I know, love it. Uh, the Cowardly Lion. Uh, you know, You'd be a great say, Cowardly Lion. <laughs> put him up, put him up. <laughs> I'll fight you with my right paw. I'll fight you with my left paw. My paw will fight your paw. Even. <laughs> Even. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Well, you should have tried out when the Inner <laughs> Village Players did yeah, that. sure. <laughs> that is so funny. Well, I uh, met Jay because he was doing a, just that, a story. He got a grant. He's a great grant writer, and you know how that is. Grants are available to no one except the person who knows where to find the key. And then it's probably not that hard because no one else can figure out how to get the money. And you had grants. I was John Babson. As well as Colonel, I mean, uh, Captain, what was he, Angus? Eldridge. Elvis? All right. El Eldridge. Eldridge, that's right. Come on. <laughs> remember us, the Elvis, Eldridge Presley. you got to give us a little bit of that. Yeah, but the, what is so fascinating was, first of all, I didn't know anything about Babson, but the more I, Jay, condensed it, because he had to rewrite his bio into dialogue, and it was pretty darn good. And you had some okay. very good people with you. Did yes. you have, was Eleanor in our group? No, she no, wasn't. No, she wasn't, because I saw her the other day, and I was thinking she was, yeah. but I guess it was Merchant of It was Nora so. Messier. That's who it was, yeah. Nora, right. Yeah. Oh, man, you can't ignore and, a Messier like that, <laughs> i tell you, one of your shows. And Duncan Nelson as Howard Blackburn. Uh, what a gift to have no. him. <laughs> you know, he's not easy to get. No, he was great. He, he was, was sensational. He totally took and it And you on. had David Adams, but poor David, you gave him four parts <laughs> to read. To read. <laughs> Are you sure? The Spoons guy. Uh, you had, no, that was Bradley. No, no, I mean, I'm sorry. I meant um, 
Sawyer. Who's Sawyer. Yes. yes. So I thought he gave a set of spoons, too. I guess he just gave the awards. But, yeah, that's right. Uh, and the library that's right. and that's the books. Right. That's and, right. Yeah. And, um, but I, I was fascinated by Babson. And then my son, 10 years later, bought the John Babson house. Yeah. That's on the rotary. That yeah. one that's hiding, that you, you right. hiding in plain sight. You could it's stand, I always house. say, you could stand naked in the front yard. No one would see you because <laughs> you're trying not to hit the other cars in the rotary. And right there, he's completely privacy. Yes. And he's surrounded by all those trees. So. A lot of noise, though. From but the history oh, yeah. and Babson's signatures on the... Uh, uh, or his initials, um, oh. uh, yeah, up in the third floor. They everybody who's on I've the house signed the yeah the chimney. Yeah. The problem is the people in the seventies made it graffiti style. Oh. So that's sort of trashed, yeah. you know, when you yeah. have JB seventeen eighty or whatever. Right, it's right. kind of historic. Oh, you that's know? excellent. Yeah, it's a pretty interesting house. But and anyway, we, and we performed at the White Ellery House right near it. That's right. Jason's Literally home, so. next next door. Yeah. He yeah. shares a driveway with them. But uh, it was fascinating, and the women were very good, and they were very well. You were great as. Uh, John, the guy who started the uh, UU Church, uh, Reverend John Murray. Murray, sorry, and uh, right. and his wife was very well performed too. Yes, that Nora was, as well. And who, what was her name? It wasn't Murray. Uh, Judith Sargent. Judith Murray. Sargent. Okay, yeah. great. Yes, yeah. that's right. So it is fabulous. But um, a lot of people who are listening to this right now um, have probably seen one of your plays. Why? Because Jay ran the middle school O'Malley Theater Department for decades, right? Yeah, or a decade? A decade, yeah. yes. So the number of plays and kids, I mean, you had a lot of kids moving I know. through there. Cast of thousands. So at some point, whether you're an aunt or an uncle or a mother or a brother, you probably saw one of Jay's plays. That would be great. Yeah. Well, out of that, we got one play that got published called Middle School Moments. Really? Yeah. Oh, and it's I still receive like twenty dollars a year residuals from from. <laughs> That's almost better than thirty five dollars a day. <laughs> twenty a year? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you need like twenty companies like that sending you twenty bucks a year. Yeah, I know. That's great. But it was uh, written primarily with the students at O'Malley Middle School. So, oh. so I developed uh, their monologues based on their experiences. Like the range of stuff is about. Looking at it, uh, the edumacation. Edumacation. Who am I? Ah. Relationships, my body, myself, and forgiveness. So, each has like five or six monologue sections. Did you teach at another school before O'Malley, or that was your first actual I've school? Ta- I've taught um, in New York and in Boston oh. as well, in Lunenburg for oh. part of it. Before yeah. you came to Boston. Right. And then once you got here, you realized, oh, my God, I'm grabbing hold of this. I ain't letting go. And yeah. it was great. It, it was worked great. out well because my daughter was just uh, in the eighth grade at the time, so we, it helped us kind of ah. hang here for a while. Now, were you there when, was it Sue? G or G was the principal? No. That was after, that was before your time. Yes, okay. it was before my time. Because she, I had a little group called the Gloucester Kids Theater Club. And um, uh, some of the schools allowed us to come in and perform 
because we the kids were the shows were kind of conceived by the kids and okay. I helped them write it. But nice. then it was by kids, four kids, and the right. kids loved them. Yeah. And uh, and they were filled with kid concerns, the plots right. of the play. But no, it was so funny because you really saw like Mr. Svekla, who I adored later, we became really good friends. But yeah. at the time he would not let us perform uh, because we had St. Mel's kids in the oh. program. Oh, okay. And my kids had gone there and we they weren't all St. Mel's kids, but they were a bunch of them as well as others just East Gloucester High kids. I mean, East Gloucester Elementary kids. And no, he said, that's church and state. But then all the other principals said, no way. They're just kids. Are you affiliated with the Catholic Church? I said, no. And But I was I so see. upset that he yeah. wouldn't let us in there. And uh, and um, But then Sue Gee did. I and see. then a bunch of the yeah. other ones did, too. Well, so. when I was there, the first principal was Kevin Hutchins. And oh, okay. He was, and he was great. Yeah. Yeah. Fully encouraged what we were doing, even with the original work, and so I always felt like he was behind me in what we were trying to do in the theater programs. So. Well, speaking of behind you, everybody can hear that rumbling. <laughs> that when Jay speaks, he oh. always has that sort of cast of as if it's the Lord Himself translating His wisdom through Jay. Now, speaking of that, um, you have decided that history should not stand as it is, that rocks of Gibraltar need, well, a sequel, (laughs) or a brother, or a fellow rock. And so you have decided that the world needs a sequel, a part two, a chapter two, as it were, to waiting for Godot. And that is a real thunderclap, folks. That was not programmed by my favorite engineer, Jim Cabello. (laughs) In fact, he's hanging in the corner smoking a big cigar, (laughs) reading the paper, looking at us like, you think I'm interested in the thing you have to say? (laughs) So, of course, he did press that button. So tell me about Waiting for Godot Part 2. Well... What's it called now? The sequel is called Morning After Godot. You mean morning like evening or afternoon? No, or? like morning. Oh, with a U. Yes. An M-O-U-R. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm going to try to steer the conversation, I, I, as you yeah. can tell, since I'm yeah. in it. I guess I know how it's spelled. <laughs> and tell me about it. It sort of sounds, sounds like fun. It is. Well, we pick, we pick up where uh, Beckett left off with D.D. and Gogo. But we know at the end of the waiting for Godot that Godot never came, and they're wondering what the hell's going on here, and it's just, it's a lost world, and they're in a desolate space, and they entertain themselves as best they can. So I pick up with the notion that they know that Godot's not returning, that he or she has died, and now it's all about them, their mourning, their letting go, their remembering, their loss, and... Well, is the death actually a, an analogy for the death of religion in society or the decline? Or is it because can Godot really die? Or, I mean, how? what's the reference there? Well, that's a good question because one of the questions is, or, or does she or will she or he? In other words, will, they re, will he return or will she return? Mm-hmm. So the notion, if you make a parallel with God, which in part this alludes to Godot G-O-D-O-T right. so it's like God over time <laughs> there you go <laughs> thank you very much thank you like, I just Excellent. made that up yes I'm going to TM now <laughs> yeah feel free <laughs> uh-huh. uh, so there is that question about what happens after death mm-hmm. and if someone still can inhabit you or can still have life and 
there's just a lot of crazy machinations between these two characters who are basically, I call them sacred fools. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, they are sacred fools. Yeah. Yeah. So they're trying to banter and figure out this stuff, but they're revealing things inside themselves. Some of the sadness, but... Also, they have crazy, crazy humor. No, oh, very much it's because funny. it's based on things that really happen, right? And so they're discussing life and reality. Yeah. Um, the difference, as I noticed, since I've read them both, um, I've not been in Waiting for Godot, but mm-hmm. Waiting for Godot. First of all, it's on the stage on the existential plane, meaning black, and yes. there are just very few things. Like a tree is there, and everything takes place kind of, you know, wherever they look, it's blackness. It's always, but it's interesting because Waiting for Godot in a way, mainly is about passing the time during life. Whereas mourning after Godot is in so many ways about death and the many different ways. When I first was reading it, I was thinking, no, it is also about life because of the cave paintings and things. I realized, no, that is a memorializing of the society and it is in one of your many, many references to death. Mm -hmm. So... I realize it is different than Waiting for Godot because they go through so many different uh, kind of forms that death takes in different societies and different times and lives yes, and yes. this and that. And also just schlubs like us just sitting around parsing the meaning of right. as things start to right. shorten up life-wise. No, the morning, it's, I kind of explored some of the rituals that people use, the way that they cope with it, especially loss and some of the ceremonies we set up in order to mm-hmm. mark the, the life or the mm-hmm. moments. And remembrance is a big piece of it. So it, I agree. It's not about the death. It's about wrestling with that mm-hmm. and remembering uh, how we as humans try to cope. So. Well, there's a there's some really memorable lines in it too that that sort of suddenly occur to you and, and you know when we're rehearsing I suddenly will stop and say yeah, you know that line just hit me how fantastic that really is yeah um, but it's also there's some little realities that are coming there's Godot down in the grave and they're figuring out how do they celebrate and mourn so they go down and try to you know move <laughs> the body and of course it's decomposing it stinks it <laughs> smells so you have this hallowed image on one right, side right. And then right there is the little reality yes. and that's kind of what a larger anecdote about the whole play yeah. because it is the difference between ritual and uh, you know yeah. the church itself and right. and real life when people die what yeah, happens no, to you the survivors as well as them the yeah. the victims I agree no there's that element of transcendence and you know there's a light that emanates from the abyss that kind of suggests that the corpse or whatever life energy it has is still alive in a way. Yeah. And then there's the, you know, the rotting smells and the earthly elements that mm-hmm. even the actors are always recreating things mm-hmm. that show... Well, the show shifts gears like crazy. It doesn't yeah. dwell on one maudlin subject right. uh, before. And that's part of the humor of it, which is they keep shifting gears and then their little... Uh, personality quirks between them uh, begin to yes. rise up and get higher than the you know yeah. grandiose concepts and uh, that's a lot of fun. This is a one-upmanship. Now, who's the up. other actor in it? The other actor is Rory O'Connor. 
You mean we're all the evil kind of. The Irishman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's, it, we, we do have a translator there. We'll have a little screen translating his, uh, you know, like it's subtitles. <laughs> he, Shut you up. know, he's saying, you know, yeah, I'll be right there. I'll be right there. And uh, you're like, what? <laughs> no, the great thing is, is that um, the lines are very short, like Waiting for Godot, yeah. and very snappy and move in a great right. rhythm so that you can actually understand Rory. Yeah. So it is absolutely wonderful. Oh, he's got a thick brogue sometimes. That's sometimes, sure. yeah. yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> when he says hi, you go, what? <laughs> there you are. <laughs> Just me, said hi. Me da, me da. Yeah. yeah. And he is very authentic and yeah. very funny. And uh, and he looks almost like he's discovering something and parsing it as he hears it. So that's good for an actor because it's, you know, it's almost like when Present, you talk to him, he's alive. listening, processing, you see it go through. And then, yes. so it's a lot of fun. No, it's been great, and yeah. I'm really appreciating you. Well, two. how do you see it? I mean, when is this thing coming? Is it going to well, be on Broadway? Well, it's coming at the Rogers Street Theater, which is on the back side of uh, the Floating Lotus. I think it's Six Rogers Street. That sounds fairly absurd, uh, fairly obscene, actually. <laughs> the back side of the Floating Lotus. The I lower say, uh, level of the Floating you, Lotus. You're getting worse here. Um, so the Floating Lotus, for those who know, is really right next door to CVS, the old Empire. Right. And uh, there has been. Um, uh, a theater there for quite some time. Yeah. Um, but does it enter from Roger Street? Yes, that's where the parking is. Oh, you entrance. get to park in that lot? Yes. Oh, yes. my God. I know. So can I park there and say, I know Jay DeBrima? Or after we do the show, <laughs> I can uh, park there regularly, right? Yes. We're well. coming to clean up. That was two months ago. <laughs> well, that is very exciting. Now, uh, uh, so this will be a performance or a reading? or It'll be a, a stage workshop? reading. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Two yeah. nights. Wednesday, July 18th, and Thursday, July 19th at awesome. 7 o'clock. Oh, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, um, yes, I noticed that's a good formula, the reading, because I noticed Gloucester Stage has now been doing that a lot. Mm -hmm. um, they're Never Dark series, and it's either on a Wednesday, I mean, on a Sunday or a Monday yeah. night, and it's in between their regular schedule. Right. And it's amazing. They bring plays like yours, and they have a reading. They, they Every week is a new one. Yeah. And then that's great because that becomes a launching ramp if they ever want to do it. Because right. Kenny Rioff's play, what is the name? My Station in Life, it's right. called. It's about Simon Geller. And they did it. It was a reading last yes. year. And the place was packed. It was the wow. biggest crowd they wow. had ever had. If the fire marshal had come in, they brought in something like 50 chairs, 60 wow. chairs, wow. to add to their 160 because there were 220. I mean, there were people, they didn't have 60 chairs. They had like 40 chairs and 20 people standing in the walkways. So you're going like, wow. And they were even shaking their heads. I mean, uh, of course, never underestimate the power of free. <laughs> yes, right, right. And this isn't free. This is five bucks, but that's practically right. free for theater people. Right. Yeah. So that is great. I appreciate you and Rory willing to take this on and yeah. let me have a chance to hear it and yeah, see Yeah, because a number of other actors backed out, I noticed. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> you were my top choice. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's, that's what that, my old girlfriend used to say before she dumped me. Um, <laughs> but I wouldn't know you if she hadn't, so that's a good thing. Well, we do have a little more time, so tell me also in Gloucester, what's, what's, uh, what else do you do in Gloucester? Do you have involvement in... Are you a big sports guy, or are you uh, not really fisherman, I, or you I have played. I play percussion. Oh, uh, that's right. And 
Doombeck and things like that. Oh. So occasionally I'll, I call myself a guerrilla musician. Well, you're incredibly well-networked because I remember uh, doing the historical play. Not only did we have a lot of really good act- mm-hmm. variety of actors, but you were able to get a Manchester site. Yes. And we got, I mean, you had a site in every town, and it was really interesting performing for mm-hmm. the other people. Thanks. And remember, I got you the site in... Uh, UU Church right. and West End Theater. We actually right. had people pay yes. to see it. Yes. You know? and, well, uh, it was live theater. Yeah. It's a lot of work that uh, that play, Boatport Anthology, took yeah. a couple years of research and writing. So oh, yeah. it's a collection of monologues of Gloucester characters. So I think, um, you know, we've had the Cape Ann Museum host it at the yeah, house that's right. there. That was pretty original site. Yeah. I mean, the, the, uh, the changing room is, has a dirt floor, folks, for those of you who have never been in the White Ellery House. authentic 1710 yeah. house. You know, when Snowmageddon was happening five years ago, that house, I realized, what genius those early house builders and designers, because facing west, it's got the low side, and it does have some windows, but then it goes up from there, and the high side faces east, because the storm wind comes ripping across uh-huh. the rotary, uh-huh. and the snow wrapped that part of the house, but the back part of the house where you entered and where the little driveway is, was, was actually protected. Yes, and yes. so it had a screen, even in nine feet of snow. No. It's still, you can huh. walk right in there. That's cool. And yet, the way the house was set, and you see a lot of very old houses yes. designed like that, where the okay. storm side is lower oh, by far. Right. But what happens is, even in a non-snowmageddon year, is the snow sets up and insulates the house so that even surrounded by snow, you are so much warmer huh. than you are on a huh. regular winter week yeah. where the wind blows and comes through huh. the sills and the way it always does right. and right. through the clapboards and all that. No, it's an authentic American first yeah. century house. Well, that was great performing in there. And you put uh, different uh, historical figures in each room. Yeah, each century so, in, yeah. in each room. So. And it was pretty, and the crowd was very appreciative. They were yeah. obviously students of Gloucester. and uh, Yeah, a lot of know. the his, history buffs. Yeah. yeah that were checking whether my facts were right or not. Well, history buffs, <laughs> you get to buff up history, so that's kind of That's cool. my goal. Yeah. Make history alive. So do you ever go back and advise and consent or consult for theater in Gloucester Middle School or any other? I haven't. Yeah. Um, but, the... I, but I've taught at Endicott College in Fitchburg State as a trainer of teachers oh, in graduate programs. Oh, since that? Yeah, I've been oh, doing that on great. and off for like 20 years. So. And when did you stop uh, uh, O'Malley? I, uh, O'Malley, 2015. Oh, you just stopped. Yeah. Of course. I thought you, you don't, it hadn't even been five years. Yeah. 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 And then the last three years I was working as a director of youth ministry at St. John's with kids. Oh. Exploring gospel themes through drama. Oh. So, yeah. And we're on a Sunday, or they meet on a Sunday Tuesday night? And or some a... other uh, one t- other night a week. And are they kids that. from the congregation? Yes, wow. although it's diminishing. So I got gotcha. you. Well, maybe you should start getting some grown ups involved because, you know. Oh, there's grown ups involved. They just don't bring kids. Oh. <laughs> well, I meant as actors. But then, yeah. 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 And so like, get out of the way, kid. You see, you're, you're upstaging me. You know, the kid ends up in the I'm playing heap, the part you know. of God today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, actually, having a kid God that would be sort of cool, right? You yes. know, it's like, hey. Well, we did Godspell and with uh, Jack uh, Favaza, who's a great actor. He's been. He's North Shore Theater. North Shore Theater. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, he and Tess were two leads. Tess Burnham. She's also. Oh, Tess Burnham. She's no, playing now at the Anasquam. 
play this this summer, I think, as Beauty and the Beast as no, Belle or uh, what is it? What oh no, no, Little Mermaid. mermaid. Little Mermaid. Is she the, the mermaid? No, who's oh. Ursula? Right? Is yeah, Ursula? is that her name? Yeah. 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 Oh, that's cool. That was uh, yeah. That's so interesting how Disney cartoons are <laughs> theater shows. I got to admit though, before Aladdin. Uh, became ubiquitous, the show. I heard that song from the movie, you know, that you ain't never had a friend like me. Right. And um, Robin Williams. I know. And, and I know. it's one of the most amazing songs. And yeah. it, it was in the movie. And so it wasn't even in the musical to start. Oh. And it was absolutely nobody ever sang the song. So I adopted it as yeah. one of my theater songs that nice. I would do. Nice. And uh, especially when I do comedy theater and I'll have a backing track and I just see. sing the thing. Oh. And John Hyde made me a whole set of these things. And um, uh, it's just an amazing <laughs> song. And it you ain't know, never had a friend like me. me. <laughs> see, look, we both broke into the same place. All right, look, we're almost out of time. Time, uh, yeah, I can measure time not with a timer, but by the duration and the, uh, how should I say, capacity of Jim Capillo, my engineer's yawns. <laughs> and so if I get a full, if I can look down his throat and see what he had for breakfast, then I know, oh my God, we're almost there. But if it's just a little polite, like a little, you know, uh, garden party burp, no, I know we still have about two minutes. He's and that's what we got. Fine. So we have a minute. And um, anything else you want well, to say? Well, this last. Uh, Fishtown Players is a company that's evolved over a couple of years, and they're involved with helping to produce this. So a number of actors, including mm -hmm. Rory, and now you'll be oh, in the troupe. So uh, at least they might, you know, listen to our podcast if we I send hope it to so, them. I yeah. hope so, yeah. As we try to keep it to half an hour because then you have a, a, a chance of listening to right, everything. So right, right. And there may be some uh, attendees from the Gloucester Writers Center because Henry has expressed an interest, so... Well, that's great. Uh, and I've been in conversation with him, so. Henrietta Farini. <laughs> I love it. Chickens and hens, I call them. <laughs> well, look, this has been fabulous. Um, when the music starts playing, you know we're there. So, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to say, besides my engineer, Jim Capilla, my favorite Gloucester <laughs> person, especially at this station, I have enjoyed having you and actually being directed by you as a theater extraordinaire professor. <laughs> now that I know you got college credentials and that you went to my <clears throat> a legally licensed <laughs> million dollar a year Gordon College, <laughs> I know I did the right thing. So ladies and gentlemen, yeah, when the music plays, you know the bus is parked outside. Jay DePrima has been here mixing it up with me, your host, Gordon Baird, and my favorite engineer anywhere, Jim Capillo. That's right, he brings his own Capillo because he sleeps through the whole podcast. But don't worry about it. We'll see you next time. Hey, thanks for having me. Fish Town Logo. Thanks for being had. All right.